Matthew, the 8th chapter, Matthew, the 8th chapter. As we continue on this vein that the Lord has been leading us on, and that is on healing. And I will tell you, I don't have it all figured out. I don't know any one person that does. Uh, I do know that this one thing to be true, all the methods and all the methodology, one thing stands constant and true. People are more likely to be healed who are prayed for than are not. So as we continue, uh, we are discovering as we go. Uh, we believe emphatically in salvation. We believe emphatically in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We believe in emotional healing, but we also believe in physical healing. And as we continue to press forward, I believe we're going to see more and more and more. I believe God's going to release you uh, into areas of healing. And I believe you're going to do it so much better than I ever thought could be done. And so uh, let's look here in Matthew 8. Father, we love you. We need you. Guide us by your spirit. I pray the anointing, Lord, to minister the truth of your word. Lord, bring fresh revelation to our heart in Jesus' name. The title of this evening's message is simply this, Healing Authority. I want you to start, start as an intro. I'm going to look at the first four verses of Matthew 8. As I told you before, Matthew uh, took the gospel and there were different miracles that took place of healing. Um, someone has taken the time and energy and took the synoptic gospels and laid them out and gave chronological order of when the healings took place. Matthew just chose uh, to write down the first healing being that of a leper there in verses 1 through 4. Let's look at that just as a recap. Let's look here. When he had come down from the mountain, this is Jesus coming down from ministering on the mountains and in the mountains, the, uh, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And so he's come down from the mountains, and now he's walking the streets here. And behold, a leper came, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and he touched him, saying, I am willing get that notice that I am willing be cleansed and immediately his leprosy was cleansed and Jesus said to him see that you tell no one but go your way show yourself to your to the priest offer gift to Moses uh, commanded as the testimony to them what we notice here in and I like that Matthew started with this because it gives me some some understanding that here is a leper who is physically ceremonially unclean Leprosy has a physical effect on the body. Leprosy is always likened to sin. And so what we have is an individual who is physically marred by this leprosy, and he is ceremonially unclean, and so he can't even go into the areas of community. But what we see here is that healing is not based upon my righteousness. Healing is not based upon your righteousness. Healing is based upon the shed blood of the Lamb and his authority and his ability. But what we see is there's a leopard that comes and he said, Lord, if you are willing, and I believe, church, we've got to get to the place where we resolve this question in our mind. God, are you willing? Jesus said, I am willing. I am willing. I am willing to heal. And then we see that God's desire is for the wholeness of humanity. Now, we, what we see in that is he said, go offer a gift to the priest. In other words, until the priest of that day, unless he declares you clean, you have to stay in that leper colony. 
But once he sees that you're clean, now you can enter into community. Now you can go back to your family. What was Jesus interested in? He was interested in the wholeness of that man to bring him back. God didn't save us and heal us and deliver us to leave us out of community. He wants us to live in community. Because where can we have influence? And the greatest influence is in our home. What we see here that goes on. So what we see there, the first lesson of healing, it is unmerited. It's unmerited. It comes by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You can't earn uh, and be good enough to be saved. You cannot earn the healing touch of God. And if we can get that clear in our mind, it is God's will to heal. I have personally witnessed people who came into church one time was completely and totally healed and never returned. Baffles the mind. I tell you, it baffles the mind. I had a lady inch in on a walker. God, she, we prayed for her. Nothing happened in that moment. She left, came to her friend's house the next day, honked the horn. Her friend came out, and she jumped out of her car and ran around her car without a walker. Never showed back up to church again baffles the mind but anyway as we look here uh, I want us to begin now reading in verse 5 of Matthew 8 Matthew 8 as we learn another lesson or other lessons about healing and this whole chapter is filled with healing it says now when Jesus entered Capernaum a certain a, a centurion I'm sorry came to him pleading with him saying in verse 6 saying Lord my servant is lying at home paralyzed dreadfully tormented and Jesus said to him I will come and heal him the centurion answered and said Lord I am not worthy that you should come under my roof but only speak a word and my servant will be healed for I also am a man under authority having soldiers under me and I say to this one go when he goes into another come and he comes to my servant do this and he does it and when Jesus heard it he marveled and said to those who were who followed assuredly I say to you I have not found such great faith not even in Israel and I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth then Jesus said to the centurion go your way as you have believed so let it be done for you and his servant notice this was healed that same hour now Jesus didn't mind messing up people's customs he didn't mind just shaking the apple carts and seeing them all fall out on the street what do I mean by that okay here is the oppressive government the Romans ruling over and subjugated the Israelites the covenant people and now here is one of their ranking officers and he shows up a centurion a man with authority man that that could jail everybody in the crowd for whatever reason he so desired all those non-Roman citizens he was the oppressor or worked for the oppressing government and now he comes and says I've got a servant 
who you haven't met, who you don't know personally, but I have a servant over here that I want, I'm going to ask you to come heal him because he is, he is dreadfully, and some translations say fearfully tormented by his condition. And now Jesus reaches, uh, he sends the word as we see, and we'll talk about a little bit more, but we see that he sends the word and he heals the servant. And Jesus, there, he just begins to really mess them up. And he says to them, look, uh, there's going to be sons of covenant, the Israelites, that will be, will be pushed out because they have not believed in the Messiah. And there's going to be others, uh, many people, many nationalities, many generations that he's talking about. They're going to come into the covenant. They're going to come and they're going to sit with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he is, uh, he is saying that this message of the gospel is not only in the message of healing is not just unmerited it's also unbiased that he that the healing that he has available are for all that will receive I believe we got to get to the place where we're willing to receive I don't believe it's the giving side of God that is holding back healing many times it's the receiving end well Lord I haven't earned it I'm not good enough to get it Lord I don't know that I've done my spiritual calisthenics today I don't know for sure that that, that I understand all of this and if I don't understand that I don't believe and that if I don't believe that I don't receive and so we we had this warfare it happens in all of our minds it's the big why questions as of why don't more things happen and we're on a journey to discover and asking the Holy Spirit reveal to us the very nature of healing and what it means to walk in healing but we see here that what the centurion also teaches us is a lesson on authority and so I want to look at this I want to look at authority tonight authority is is the power or right to give commands enforce obedience take action make final decisions it also means jurisdiction so authority authority and it's interesting I found two basic forms of authority are intrinsic authority and derived authority intrinsic authority is just natural authority I have authority over my body I can get up and I can put in my mouth what I have what I want to I can eat pecan pie and cheesecake. I can dress like I want to dress. And I can, you know what I'm saying? I've got intrinsic authority. I have authority over, over this, what I think and how I think and the way that I, I want to present myself. Amen? Intrinsic, it's natural authority that each one of us have some measure. I'm not talking about individuals who've been enslaved and those that are, that are held, but I'm just talking about the natural authority that we have. Then we have derived authority, authority that has been given to one from another source. Derived authority. See, this centurion, he understood authority because it was, he was given authority. He was given authority. But see, there are, there, there's no authority that is above God's authority. If we can grab hold of this... There is no authority except from God. Romans 13 and 1, you can write this down. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So every authority has 
is, is the governing authority. There's no authority except from God. Every kind of authority other than God himself is derived as a secondary authority. Every other authority is derived, derived authority except for God's authority. So Pilate is there and he said, don't you know I've got the authority? I, I can crucify you at a word? And Jesus said, you would have no authority except it was given to you by my Father. So if we can stop for a moment and realize there is a kingdom of darkness that operates in an authority that is not above God's authority. It's an authority that has been relinquished by the church because Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. He says that in Matthew 28 and 18. He says it again in John 17. He says, as you have given him, speaking of himself, authority over all flesh. He said, Behold, in Luke 10 and 19, I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions, over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. So the authority that we walk in is the authority that Jesus has given us that is above the authority of the enemy. But what we find here is that with that authority, there's three deadly deeds of authority. Three deadly deeds of authority. And that is displaced authority, disengaged authority, domineering authority. Displaced authority, domineering authority, and disengaged authority. What do I mean by displaced authority? It is an example of that would be when Korah and Dothan rose up and they decided that they were going to usurp the authority of the priesthood. And this authority is, is seated in rebellion. It's always got a better way. There's an, their ideas are the best ideas. We have all the rights and are unwilling to follow. But if we take this and we see that God has authority, and he has given all authority to Jesus that when the enemy tries to step in and usurp the authority of the Lord, he cannot because the Lord has the ultimate authority. Displaced authority is when the enemy assumes authority that does not belong to him. The centurion said this, I am a man under authority. And I don't have to tell my soldiers, uh, if I tell them to move, they better move. If they don't, there will be consequences to them not obeying the orders that I give them. Any military folks in here or ex-military folks or former, I'm sorry, Marines, former uh, uh, military in this house, if you don't obey the commands of your officer, then and those, those commands are just and right according to the rules that, that you are subject to, guess what? You're going to be in trouble. In order for me to have authority, in order for you to have authority, we must be under authority. But if I'm not, because God doesn't flow around authority, he flows through authority. But here, when the enemy shows up, he wants to usurp the authority of God by usurping your authority. Now, 
I've said this in past, but I think in light of what we're talking about now when it comes to healing, because we, it's easy to look at the centurion and talk about authority, but tonight we're talking about healing authority. Healing authority. So when we talk about healing authority, we've got to understand Jesus Christ has returned authority to humanity. When humanity enters in to the covenant relationship with him. Now, God's authority has always and forever will always be at the very top of the rung and so far above you cannot even measure. The enemy could jump his highest and he'd never reach the authority of God. It's just not going to happen. Now, we've got to get out of our mind the Hollywood portrayal of the devil being so overpowerful that he can overpower God. It's not possible. It is inconceivable. It will not ever happen. God's authority is always here. And God created humanity, and he placed humanity's authority under his authority. And humanity had authority over the enemy. As long as humanity was under authority, he had authority. The serpent was no trouble for humanity. The serpent was meant to be trampled upon. The serpent was not meant to be listened to. But now you have the serpent in the garden. And as the serpent is in the garden, and we know it is the devil, what we see is there the only way the enemy could get humanity was to lead them to a place where they no longer were under that authority of the Lord so they stepped out in disobedience and thus the enemy's authority did not usurp God but the enemy's authority came above man the prince of this world has authority that is above the first Adam but when Jesus Christ came and after Sunday we talked about the incarnation of Christ and how that he rose human and how that we look at Philippians and how that he thought it not robbery to make himself equal with God. What that literally means is that he did not take on his divine rights, though he had them. He did not take on his, 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 his divine rights abilities as God in flesh but he walked and he lived as a man under the divine influence and he walked without sin he did not destroy the flesh but he destroyed the sin in the flesh he came and he did what we could never do in and by ourselves and he walked as a man and we know that he made it into heaven because he said when I get there and I must needs go to heaven because that is the only way I can release my spirit the Holy Spirit and the only way that he can get back down to this to the to feel your heart is that door must be open 
to your heart so that you can be inside of me and I in you. And the only way that you're going to be able to walk in obedient authority again and see the healing authority take place is I must go to heaven. And we know he made it because 50 days later there was an outpouring of the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. The Spirit of God was poured out upon the church and now we see that there is the authority that we didn't have until the sacrifice of the perfect last Adam. The revelation that came after service when Henry and I were debriefing and talking about this, when you stop for a moment and realize that Jesus was born a man, lived a man, died a man, and rose a man, the devil's kingdom is in trouble. Because if he did everything as God, He's all, he was God before he got here. He was God when he left. But if he did everything as man walking on earth, God incarnate, walking in this, this flesh suit like ours, yet his did not have any sin, he became the last Adam. He rose human. And when he did, we rose with him. What did he do? He went and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. He, he is resting now in the completed work. When he said it is finished, it was finished at that moment. But we don't leave him on the cross because he didn't stay on the cross. I mean, he went to the grave for three days, but the grave had no hold upon him. He rose again because he's the perfect sacrifice. He's the last Adam, and he rose human so that you and I would begin to understand that no, we do not dictate what God's going to do. No, we don't control God, but God controls us. And now what he did in the flesh, we are able to do because the one who walked on water is is walking in me the one who laid hands upon the sick is laying laid hands upon me now the one that lives inside of us is the risen Savior now that displaced authority can never displace Jesus we must learn to walk in Jesus you say look you're not going to walk in rebellion. You don't belong here. Get away. What if you begin to see your body and the, the inflammation in your, in your stomach and the irritation in your back and the pain in your feet and the discomfort in your body? What if you begin to see that as the alien force of hell coming against the very perfect will of God in your life? You might take a different approach to it. If you've got an infirmity in your body, don't condemn yourself. Just realize it's not supposed to be there, and it gives you a point to practice on. Get your baseball bat of faith out and start beating on that thing. Start doing the, the stomp dance on the, get you some high heel boots on, get you some of those, uh, uh, those ones that we used to call roach killers. Corner killers. 
we called them roach killers because we had roaches in our house and so you get in the corners and you can kill those roaches <laughs> you get kicked enough with that you go away I'm being a little facetious but I'm being absolutely serious see it's time that we stop living in condemnation because there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ I don't know any one person who's got all this figured out but I do believe the Holy Spirit's leading us into a into an arena of revelation because it's his desire to heal people physically emotionally re relationally it is his desire to bring healing into people's hearts and into their homes but see we've got to first off we go back to the leper understanding he has a willingness but not only a willingness uh, he he heals us not because he wants to make a big public display and yes it brings evangelism it's a and people are attracted to that when people walk out on a Sunday morning carrying their walker when they walked in on it that that brings some attention if you weren't here that happened Sunday morning but I will tell you there's only one reason one paramount reason above all other reasons why God heals individuals because he loves you he loves you well I'm not I don't see the manifestation yet but let me tell you more blessed are they who have not seen yet believe just keep holding on to God keep keep working through it just keep pressing in just keep pressing in but we see here there is a displaced authority the enemy wants to step into arenas that don't belong to him now in the natural we have this domineering authority and I'll, I'll just call that abusive authority and the abuse of authority has hindered many a folk from coming into the uh, into the kingdom of God where men have built their kingdom and not God's kingdom where it's it's more about the numbers on in, in the the numbers than the transformation and I, I, I won't say any more than that I don't want to I don't, don't want to throw rocks I'm just we all know that those things like that have existed through time God help us that they don't continue amen but what we do see is that when you have this dominating authority it hinders people because they always think that you want something from them you're, they're always suspecting because they're looking through a lens of hurt like we talked about a couple of weeks ago about the the rejection spirit you look through a lens of suspicion anytime you get hurt you just keep looking through that same lens from relationship to relationship and you keep people on on edge and keep them at arm's distance because you don't it's something's happened and there has been a hurt in your life and so you you push back because you don't want to get hurt again I understand all of that but let me tell you the Lord God Almighty is not an abusive father and that's been the propaganda that's been brought forth from the enemy that God the Father is an abusive authority because there's been an authority over your life that has abused you that's not the case God the Father loves you how do we know he, he he sent his son to the earth to die for your sin and my sin so that we could be in right fellowship with him through all of eternity he knew we couldn't do it on our own that's why he didn't leave us on our own 
He's not an abusive God. He is a loving heavenly Father that we all need to aspire to be. And he loves you and I so much that he gave everything so that we could walk in everything that he has for us to walk in. So take off the lenses of the abuse of the authority that's been in your life. Take them off. Lay them aside. Pick up a fresh eyewear. Look through the Word of God to see the God of the Word. What will we see here is there's a displaced authority where the enemy wants to come in and he wants to assume a, a, a position it does not belong to him. There's a domineering abuse of authority that is, is unreasonable, seated in fear and paranoia. That's not God the Father. And then there is a disengaged authority. We see that David was a great king, but he wasn't a great father. He had a lot of dysfunction in his home. We see that Eli was a good priest. He didn't do so good by his boys. And we say, well, you know, Samuel was better. No, Samuel's boys didn't do so good either. What am I saying? There is a, there is a disengaged authority. In other words, we're not walking in our authority. And the church has laid down her authority because she hadn't understood that she has authority in Christ Jesus. So I believe there's a lot of things that, are, that we're tolerating in our bodies, in our families, in our, in our world that we don't need to tolerate. There's some irritants that we need to get rid of. There's some, as my pastor used to say, there's some stinking thinking. You got you to get those things out and renew. He, he said, you, you need to wash your mind every day. But what I'm saying is that whenever I refuse to walk in my authority, what am I relinquishing my authority to? The enemy. And I'm talking kingdom principles. Here is the centurion. And the centurion says, I'm a man who's under authority. A centurion was one that the Romans had legions of 6,000 men. They had 60 cohorts within that 6,000, so they divided it up into 600 or 60 cohorts of, I got my numbers screwed up. In other words, I was trying to impress you, and I think I just failed miserably. <laughs> Start over. I'll just tell you this. A centurion had rule over 100 soldiers, okay? And there were 60 of them, and there were uh, 600 cohorts, if my numbers are right, and you can check me on the math. None of that really matters. It's just interesting to me. Do what? A lot of guys. hundred guys. hundred guys. So the, the centurion understood that he had authority because he was backed by the legion, and that legion was backed by the Roman government. And at that time, the Roman government was the strongest military force on the face of the earth. And so he understood when he spoke and said, get down and give me 20, you better give him 20. If he said, uh, take a sword out and stab him in the heart, that soldier that didn't stab him in the heart, the other one would get stabbed in the heart. So they knew authority. And so when he said, Jesus, I don't, I, I, out of respect and honor for you, 
because I, I understand the customs of the Jews. I don't maybe understand all the laws, but the customs of the Jews is they would not eat with the Gentile. I do not want to dishonor you. I understand authority because I am under authority. If I step outside this authority of mine, I no longer have authority. I can't just go ramsack Roman citizens' homes and start killing people in the street. It would like to be a police officer that went and robbed QT. It's not going to work. You can't abuse that authority. But when you abuse that authority, you lose that authority. So the Roman soldier said, I am under authority. I understand how authority works. In fact, I don't need you to to go to my house because I believe that you can just speak a word and that word will go to my house and this servant of mine will be healed. And the Bible says Jesus spoke and that servant was healed, cured that moment instantaneously. Now, it's interesting to me that that centurion had the right for one of his slaves, if he was dissatisfied with them, or if that slave no longer was able to fulfill their duties as a slave, he had the right to kill that slave. He could have stabbed him in the heart and just said, I'll go get me another one. He had that right. But what we see is there's something building here. There was a man who understood authority beyond his ranking. There was a man who understood that his authority was there to help protect and to cover those under his authority. Oh, church, if we would understand the greatest among us shall be servant of all. If we will begin to understand that God wants to use healing as a servant and us as his servants in order to serve individuals, to walk in that healing authority, not so that we can have a worldwide renowned healing ministry. And if God has that planned out for you, I release you to go fulfill that. Let me tell you, I don't know that in these last days that there's going to be any names and lights other than the one who gives us light, and that's Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't really care about my names and name and lights. In fact, I count all things as dung for the knowledge and the wisdom of the Lord. And I just want to see Jesus glorified, whether they know who Mike Sanders is or not. I want to see the Lord Jesus Christ reach down and mend some marriages and heal some bodies and put back together some broken hearts. I want to see Jesus because it's his authority. It's his authority that overshadows us. It's his authority that we walk under. See, we are in Christ. Christ is in us. The authority is not mine. It's what he's already done. It's what he's already done. Healing took place 2,000 years ago. It blows my mind. I don't fully comprehend it. 2,000 years ago, I was saved and I was healed. 2,000 years ago, I was saved and I was healed. How? 
You tell me. I'm in Christ. Christ in me. When, they, when he took the stripes on his back, that payment was made for my healing. That payment was made for my deliverance. Now he has the authority because God has given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Heaven and earth and those under the earth. Jesus Christ has done it all. He became servant of all to serve all so that we all could have this ministry of healing. Amen? I don't know about you, that sounds like good news to me. You mean that infirmity that I'm walking with, I don't have to walk with anymore? That's what I'm saying to you. If I get prayed for tonight, will I get healed? You might get healed. I know it's the will of God to heal you. And I know the authority of God, and God was manifest, Jesus was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. And all sin and sickness came as a result of the fallen nature of man and because of man's original sin that was invoked and started by Satan himself. So what we see is that those infirmities, as Smith Wigglesworth believed that every sickness was attributed to a spirit of infirmity. And if we would begin to look at whatever's in our body as being an alien force that come against us and doesn't belong in there, we will say, cancer, you got to go. We can say to that arthritic uh, members and, and digits in our hands, you're going to have to stop with this. Those that are suffering in their back say, God, we believe that you heal. A couple of Wednesday nights ago, and I'm hoping, pray that it continues. There was a lady here on the stage, took a brace off and walked out without it. How we doing? Hanging in there. The man back here walked out and carried his walker with him. Come on. There were people of other nationalities and other religions that were standing here and saying, I'm, 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 what's going on? <laughs> well, God's moving in the house. <laughs> This is what you, I'm, I don't give orders, but I'm giving some orders. You all right with this? Woman of wisdom, she won't answer until she knows the question. I do not want you to walk in condemnation. When you come to this altar and you're prayed for, you're one step closer to healing. Sometimes healing is instantaneously. Sometimes it is, it is a progression. But what we're believing for is healing. And I'm asking the Lord to fill our hearts overflowing with his love. And that healing become the manifestation of his love in your life. What if I'm not healed? Does that mean God hates me? What I tell you, we're not walking in condemnation, okay? We're figuring this thing out. And what we have figured out is that God loves us, God is willing, and we need to learn to receive. We need to learn to receive. Because I believe we're coming into a day we've got to know who Christ Jesus really is in us. If you need healing in your physical body, if you need healing in relationship, if you need healing in your mind, if you need healing in your mind, 
I want you to come to this altar. And I just want you to lift your hands. I'm not going to shake you down. I'm not going to push you down. I, I, I don't have the confidence to punch you in the gut like Smith Wigglesworth because you might right hook me back. I, I, I'm not quite to the school of slapping the gorders off of people and that kind of thing. When Jesus can just send a word, why don't we just, Lord, send the word? Amen? Just send the word. Send the word. I want you to stand, if you will.